Culture Bucket, the universe's greatest and best and most favourite podcast in the world, where two good, great best friends talk all things pop culture forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Uh, this week we are doing a classic Culture Catch-Up episode, talking about the various things we have been absorbing over the past week, and it is a pretty big week in pop culture the week we're recording this, so it's going to be explosive. <laughs> and pink. And uh, that'd be good to talk about. And... Um, yeah, this is the 114th episode of Culture Bucket. It's amazing. Yeah. Well done. Six to go. Um, and um, yeah, with I'm your host, George. I'll be talking to you. And with me is your co-host, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, George. Hi, Hi. everyone. How are you doing today, George? Oh, good. Summer holidays have started. Yeah. Uh, and it's absolutely pissing it down. <laughs> Wonderful. With rain. Yeah. Uh, and it's never going to end, it appears. <laughs> uh, I went to the co-op near my house a minute ago to get some milk because I didn't have any milk for my coffee. It was horrible. And it wasn't raining, so I wore my sandals because I couldn't be bothered putting socks on. And the shop's not very far. And I came out of the shop and it was a storm. And I got soaked. It was great. Good nice. stuff. Yeah, that's England. Um, nice. Mm, I mean, you, you used to wear socks and sandals, didn't you? Yeah. What happened? Well, it's not really great look. I think it's in now, socks and sandals. No, you used no, it's to wear not. Crocs and sandals, which that wasn't really. Crocs and sandals. Yeah, remember? I oh, know. Sorry, <laughs> Crocs and socks. <laughs> you have to wear socks. I have to. You can, You have to wear socks with Crocs because the rubber rubs on your. You have to wear socks with Crocs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wore know. I wore Crocs without socks once, and I almost killed myself. It was awful. <laughs> so um, yeah. Wow. But I have I have some other sandals now and I don't wear socks with them. So interesting. Mm, mm. Would would you like to um tell me how you are? <laughs> <laughs> I'm great. I'm sick again, which is weird. Can you hear it? Ah, yeah. I'm yeah. sick as well, so it's fine. Well, wonderful. We can be sick yeah. together. Yeah. Nobody said you don't have to work for a bit now. So here's being here's feeling terrible. I don't know. I, d- I don't know what happened. I went to a wedding a couple of weeks ago and um, there were like lots of people. And I stayed out until like an unholy un- hour for my age, like three o'clock in the morning. And since then, oh I've just, God. I know, I know. And since then, I've just been sick, just sick. Like I can't, can't do anything. And then I went to a concert this week and just like, oh, I'm just sick. I should just stay home and sleep all the time. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. On on Friday night, I played table tennis for five minutes and then hurt <laughs> hurt for several days afterwards. It's, it's the right. It's the wrong side of thirties. This one. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so um, but yeah, and the opposite here is very hot, as all the media has said. Italy is burning. Well, no, Greece is burning. Italy is just hot. Yeah. Well, Greece is further south in it, so. Yeah. Uh, nearer to the equator, which is moving north. So, <laughs> what a great place we live yeah. in. Yeah. Um. Let's discuss popular culture. Yes, but before that. Oh, 
Of course. Uh, can you please rate us, review us, tell people about us? Um, the show notes for this episode and every episode contain a link to our link tree. Uh, and on that link tree, you can discover uh, links to all of our social media pages, such as Instagram, which has wonderful artwork from um, Alex all the time and some letterboxed reviews and other movie things from me. Um, and you can find links to various other places, including my letterbox page and a place to buy us a coffee. And uh, if you'd like to support us at all, that'd be great. And yeah, go and do that. And then review us on all the places you can, Apple Podcasts, Google, um, etc., Spotify, and tell your friends about us and get people listening. We appreciate it every time we get a new download and a new listener. And it would be lovely to hear some feedback. So please do do that. Um, and now it's time for Culture Catch-Up. Go. This is Culture Catch-Up time. This is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to. And probably some other stuff. Culture Catch-Up time. Yeah, I'm starting this week. Yes, go, go, so, go. Very exciting week. I managed to go to the cinema twice. Wow. What? So um, one of the cinemas that does English films has opened uh, for like a Cannes special, um, a Cannes festival special thing. And so lots of film from Cannes were being shown at this, uh, at the cinema. So I managed to go and see finally the new Wes Anderson film, Asteroid City. The film that you talked about a few weeks ago that you absolutely mm-hmm. loved, adored, and adored, uh, with a cast like the biggest cast he's ever had, you know, uh, inc- new new additions of like Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, uh, Jeffrey Wright, Brian Cranston, who is I got very big role. I didn't I didn't imagine him being in such a big role, and uh, mm. even Margot Robbie's in it. Margot Robbie, like for like three seconds, but you oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it seemed like the biggest ensemble of the year until yeah, Christopher Nolan came along. Exactly. We'll talk about that later. Yes, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Mia Hawke is in it. Steve Carell, like it's all the the usuals plus more. And um, what you talked about a couple of weeks a weeks ago is just mm-hmm. a, a tale of people stuck in a city. Or um, is it? Is that what it's about? Or is it about something? Is well, a I can't layer? spoil it. So it's a tale of people <laughs> stuck in a city because uh, there has been a breach uh, of something. And there's the been city, an alien. There's been an alien. It's in the trailer. You can, it, is it, is it an the, alien in the trailer? They mentioned the alien in the trailer. Ah, okay, okay, like, okay. That, okay. The I alien did, I, looked at us weird. When I saw the alien, I... I, I was very surprised. I'm, I might have not watched the trailer properly. Um, but yeah, so they saw, the, so they saw an alien and so um, the US keeps everybody in uh, in this asteroid city for like a week or so. And, you know, people go a little bit crazy because, mm-hmm. you know, they're in lockdown. Yeah. Um, or, are, or are they? Or are they? Who knows? Um, I texted you saying I watched it. You asked me if I liked it, and I said it was definitely an experience. I need to watch it again. But since watching it, I think I think I like it. The more I think about it, the more I kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. While I was watching it, I was like a bit. It's it, it's very strange because like Wes Anderson has got a style, and wh- whatever film he does, I don't think you should like criticize it as liking or not liking it because I think it's such an. He, he is so such an individual like everything he does is is his and the actors clearly trust his process because like Scarlett Johansson in this film is incredible and she just took his 
you know, I don't know, she just became a Wes Anderson character, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And all the characters, like all the actors that have never been in his films become his actors. And wh- whether you like the film or not, you you always have to be in awe of this, uh, of Wes Anderson, because he's incredible. Um, and throughout the film, I was trying to like, the, I was trying to figure out what the difference was I was, I, it's really weird. I was really captured by this film, but I'm not sure why. Like, I was like, why, why is this film capturing me so much? And I feel like in this film, usually in Wes Anderson films, people are the way they are and they don't change. That's how they are. But here, they, in this, in this one, in Asteroid City, I feel like they acknowledge how they are and they acknowledge their feelings and they know they're broken and they talk about it, which I don't think he's done that before. Has he not? Not in the Royal Tenenbaums? Not really. In the Royal Tenenbaums, that's how they are and that's it. And it just kind of like, you know, just, you know, the the mother is never... The, the mother never... For, for example, at one point, Scarlett Johansson admits something about herself being a mother. And I don't think that's ever happened before. Mm. And... I don't know. And I actually I actually quite enjoyed it. It was it was fun. I was really encaptured by this film and I heard some people leaving the cinema being having been affected viscerally badly by this film and this lady was like going, "Oh my god, it's terrible." Blah, blah 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 like we were I was lucky enough to be behind her the entire journey back to my car and she was so angry about this film going like I don't know why people laughed it was not funny and I I was just like how how can a Wes Anderson film affect you so viscerally that you didn't like it you just have to admire his work and maybe this is not your favorite but it's still an incredible Wes Anderson film you know the cinematography is amazing the music the acting <coughs> the but then, if you maybe think- though, maybe she'd never seen a Wes Anderson film and was just going cause for the for the can factor. Maybe, maybe, but I think if you go and see Asteroid City, you must be a little bit of a fan of Wes Anderson. No, no, you don't. That, no. Okay, no, because it's a, well, at least in the UK, it got a big enough marketing push that that it's not. Loads of people would have gone to see it. Okay, well, well, not- here I didn't. There was no marketing push whatsoever. Mm. So I, I think here people go to see Wes Anderson because they want to see Wes Anderson, not because it's Cannes, because there was no publicity of this film. No, but you thought. said the cinemas opened up to do like a Cannes season, right? Wasn't that, was that not? Yeah, yeah, I guess. But I don't think, uh, the next film I watched, the cinema was empty. So I think. Mm, fair enough. So I don't think it was because it was Cannes. It was just because <clears> it was, I, I think, because, you know. Uh, but never mind. I, I want to watch it again, though. I really want to watch it again. Um, I I think there was a lot of, um, I, en- I enjoyed that he put, like, a little bit of political stuff in it and kind of uh, about the war and kind of there was a bit of Oppenheimer in there, you know. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and yeah, uh, and the colors are wonderful and yeah I want to watch it again I think I think if I watch it again I'm going to enjoy it even more but um, it's definitely different I think and that's why I love his films so much because I think he's got his style but also every film is so different from one another mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you true. loved it didn't you yeah it's one of my favorites of his I think I I, I really loved it like you said the ensemble cast is 
is amazing. There's not a bad performance in the whole film. There is not a bad performance. Yeah. Like what Jason Schwartzman <clears throat> does in this film yeah, shows how, how what an amazing actor he is. And I can't say it because it's a spoiler. But he's he's amazing. Yeah, some very good scenes with Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Edward Norton as well. Yeah, and Edward Norton is great. I think everybody's great. And it is a great film. I think one of my favourite scenes is probably film, the scene with the alien. I just love the alien. Yeah, that's a very good scene. Yeah. Yeah. I like the bit. I really like the scene where they're in the um, observation room of the sort of uh, station that's monitoring the asteroid crater. Yeah. And that kid goes, what are these... Um, what are these lights on here? And Tilda Swinton's character just goes, oh, the bleeps and bloops. We're not sure. <laughs> and he goes, could it be a date? And she just goes, we think it's a date. Like his dialogue is just so yeah. quick and snappy yeah. and funny and witty. Yeah, I, I loved it. I really, really loved it. And I really like the the actor that plays uh, Jason, Schwar- Jason Schwartzman's kid son. Yeah. I think All it, of that, the, that, that whole crew of young Ryan. actors are, are really good. Great, great casting. Like, it mm. does look like Jason Schwartzman's son. And I was yeah. like, is he? Is he has he has he got children? Is that the right age? And um Maya Hawke is great in it. Oh yeah, yeah. I've really is. loved her character and you know, I've I've only seen Maya Hawke in uh Stranger Things and um that silly film oh, what's it called? I can't remember. Uh and so it was nice to see her here and be a little bit out of her box. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. She was very good in it. Yeah. Isn't she? She's in. Is she in Once Upon a? She's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood briefly. Is she? Yeah, she plays one of the. Doesn't she play the cultist that leaves before they attack at the end? Oh, I don't. What? I don't remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she does. Let's check. Okay. Uh, the silly film I was mentioning is not the film that we liked, which is Do Revenge, because that's great. Um, but it's um. It's a film that I watch mainstream. Oh yeah, with uh, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Uh, once upon yeah, she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as a flower child. So yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah, she's uh, she's not in it much, but she's you know yeah. she's there. Uh, cool. cool. Okay, so what else have you seen? And the next film I went to see is uh, the new Koreeda Hirokazu Koreeda film. Um, Didn't you just? Wait, isn't that Broker? No, Broker he did it last year. This year he did Monster. A film called Monster. He's back in Japan, one of my favourite directors. Uh, uh, I think I've seen most of his films, apart from the the few the first few ones, which I need to watch. And um, it's, it's about... Um, a, a mother is... Um, a single mother um, notices some strange things going on with um her son and she thinks there's something going on in the school and um she demands the school to give the her answers about uh what is happening and why her child is acting the way he is and that's mm. all i'm going to say because wow this film i think you need to go in and not know anything at all about it i think is one of the best films I've ever seen in my life. Oh, wow. I, um, I felt everything in this film. This film is all about perception and um, how people perceive things and how people perceive things depending on what they've heard and what they see and what is their background. And it's, 
an incredible film. The acting is amazing, especially from uh, two of the child actors in it. I think Koreeda is so good at directing children and trusting them in doing a good job. And it's wonderful. And you feel every feeling that you can possibly feel. And I was broken by the end. I was so... I don't know. It was it's such an amazing <clears throat> film. And this is the first film that he hasn't written in a long time. And is uh, that he uh it was written by Yuji Sakamoto. And um I don't know if you know the composer, the Japanese composer Ryuichi Sakamoto. The name rings a bell. A he bit. did um he did the soundtrack for uh Merry Christmas. Wait. Mr. Lawrence. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him. I think that's the Merry Christmas to Lawrence, isn't it? Well, um, Ryuichi Sakamoto, unfortunately, has passed away from cancer. And um, uh, Koreeda knew that he was, um, was going to be, he was going to die. And he asked him to compose the soundtrack of this film. Mm. And the soundtrack plus the writing of Yuji Sakamoto, plus the the direction of uh, Hirokazu Koreeda makes this film just incredible. And um, at the end, as a tribute to uh, Ryuichi Sakamoto, which has not been able to see this film, and um, it just makes the film more heartbreaking. And it's just... Oh, you go in the film not really knowing what's going to happen. Well, you you go in the film thinking that what's going to happen, you know, there's, there's something happening in a school, but there is so much more to that. And it's, um, it's incredible. Incredible. And I would ask anybody to watch it and see the masterfulness is this director. Yeah. Cool. Wow. That's mm. a, a big rave review. Yeah. I, I, I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, and the acting, like I said before, is amazing. Sakurando is the mother. Uh, she's amazing. Eita mm-hmm. Nagayama, he's one of the teachers, uh, Hori-sensei. And he's incredible in it. And uh, everybody else is amazing. So I think uh, it's definitely a film to watch. And it was a can and it was... Uh, I think he won some awards. Mm. 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 Nice. Yeah, he tends to be pretty popular at Cannes, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a film that after I watched it, I immediately wanted to watch it again. Wow. Because I was just like, I need to, I need to see it again. I need to understand everything. I want to see every every clue, every sign. Very good. Maybe I can't say one of my favorites because you know Korea. There's so has made so many films and they're so different one from the other, but it's definitely at the top. Mm. Yes. And then I watched a series. I watched a couple of series. Uh, the wow. first one, I'm going to uh, talk about it a little bit more. I watched a series on um, uh, Amazon Prime video called I'm a Virgo. Oh, the Boots Riley series. Yes. Yes. Um, I really liked the poster. I think it looked pretty cool. So I was like, I'll watch that. And um, it's uh, this very strange series um, about um, this giant baby who becomes a 13 feet 
13 feet tall man mm-hmm. called uh, Kuti. Uh, he can't really leave the house because his uh, adoptive parents are, um, well, the, the, the people that kind of got him away from the facility he was in uh, are keeping him in the house. And um, the first... Uh, the first kind of like part, bit of it is just like him in the house and how uh, big he is and how, you know, kind of like what he likes and he really likes comic books. So comic books are a big part of this series. And um, he um, he's well, he's raised in secret in this house. And uh, but one day he uh, he kind of, you know, he's 19 and he wants to start going out and he. Um, he he kind of looks at the neighborhood through these kind of um goggles and uh one day he decides that he wants to go out even if his adoptive parents think think it's not a good idea and when he goes out he meets um some some local kids um and uh they he kind of and from there we kind of get his coming of age story about him being a recluse and coming out and meeting friends and falling mm-hmm. in love and then becoming an activist um i, I really i it's, it's a very interesting series it's kind of you can't really stop watching yeah. it's only like the entire seven episodes about three hours and 20 minutes so it's kind of like a long film and it's um it's got lots of like comic book kind of and cartoon themes in it and uh, it's got a, a villain and it's kind of in it's in a it's kind of like in in a real but not real world so you don't really know who's if anybody if everybody's got superpowers or not why is this is never explained why this kid is so big and nobody never questions it um why is this kid so big? Yeah, nobody ever questions it. And things happen and there's a superhero who's called the hero and nobody really questions his things. And there's kind of a lot of um, current affairs in it and like about capitalism and and uh, everything uh, in have you, there. Have you seen Boots Riley's f- film? No, I haven't actually, which I would love to watch. It's... Uh, it, it, uh, I've not seen I'm a Virgo, but I. It sounds like he's. It sounds like one of his projects because um, sorry to bother you. Similarly, it's just yeah. like a hundred things at the yeah. same time happening. Yeah, yeah, um, and this is this is it. It's like so much stuff happening, but very enjoyable to watch and mm. sometimes a bit gross as well <laughs> yeah kind of, yeah i yeah. there's bits in sorry to bother you that i was like i really don't like what, yeah what yeah i'm seeing at the moment yeah um and the same with i'm a virgo i decided i was having some lunch by, by myself i was like i'll watch that and i had to stop watching it because i was like oh i can't i can't watch it while, <laughs> while yeah. i'm eating um but yeah i it's it's a really good series it's uh it, it's very interesting and um uh, it's got some sad moments and it's got some funny moments and it's got some gross moments, but I, uh, um, I really enjoyed it. Um, and you know the main character Cootie's played by Jarell Jerome, which I don't, which I don't think I've seen him anywhere else apart from here. Um, ah, he's in Moonlight. Kev Kevin, age sixteen. What? Is he? 
Yeah. Wow. Yes. So there is Gerald Jerome, which is in one of my favorite films, but he looks so <laughs> different that I didn't even notice. He's very good in it and he's amazing because I didn't recognize him at all. Um, Olivia Washington plays the love interest, uh, Flora. Uh, she's really fun. Um, and uh, his friends are played by Brett Gray, uh, Carrie Young and Alice Barnes, who are also, you know, uh, good, you know, and the hero is played by Walton Goggins. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I, that guy always plays somebody that is very dislikable, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, he plays a good creep. Yeah, and he is pretty creepy here. Mm. Uh, yeah, and I think I think it's a good series to watch. Interesting. Yeah, sounds good. Yes, and, and I did want you know I I, I want to watch it. Boots Riley is good. You should watch Sides Above You. It yes. sounds like everything that yes. I'm a Virgo is is yes. is also in Sides Above You. Yeah, definitely need to watch it. Um, and then um, you know I I'm t- going to talk about it just because um I really like the soundtrack. Um, uh, you remember I when I was being a goblin and I th- I was a bit of goblin again this week because goblin mode. Uh, I watched, you know, the the three P.S. I Love You films, and then yes. I watched Exo Kitty. Well, yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, on Amazon Prime, there is another Jenny Han, who's the writer installment of. Um, Did you know, watch this summer? I turned yeah, pretty. Oh, yeah, come on. yeah. Fine, <laughs> fine. I shouldn't. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> However, George, this soundtrack is immense immense like imagine having like you know a love story it's, it's about well it's about uh belly who goes to this uh, uh to this house every summer and, and, and and then this year she's turned pretty <gasps> and the two brothers uh who she goes there with kind of like you know she's in love with one of them and you know maybe something happens between them who knows and it's all about summer and summer flings um but this this love story is with Taylor Swift music. Like this, they use so much Taylor Swift. The, it's it's a it's a love it's a love triangle story, and it's all it's Jenny Han. So you know it's all about you know teenagers doing things. But like you have Taylor Swift, you have Tyler the Creator, you have Olivia Rodrigo, uh, you have but not just one Taylor Swift. Like Taylor Swift is all through this this and Oliver Rodrigo too and then there's there's one of the scenes that's got Kissing You by Desiree which was used also in um, Romeo plus Juliet you know that film with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes yeah yeah and but for people of my age the like millennials this this Uh is kind of like tearing onto the heartstrings you know and there's One Direction, there's like a Smashing Pumpkin song, um, they have Fleetwood Mac, they have everything, whatever you, I know all the songs in this, and I got addicted, and I think, I think the music is what makes it. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a Is silly... the show good? Oh, uh, is it good? Oh, come on! It's 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 a girl where and she's got two boys that contend contending for her. Did it's you watch okay. season one? Is yes. this a season two? Have you watched season two? <laughs> Did you watch both seasons? Well, season two has only got four episodes uh, because they're gonna do one every every Friday. 
So do you mean only four episodes so far? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Have I watched them? Yeah. Am I proud of myself? Well, yeah. Um, it's okay. It's good. Like if you, I think, I think if you, you know, it's she's it's called, a love story. Is at the beach. Belly. Yeah. Well, she's got Isabel, but they call uh, her Belly. Okay. And you know, it's a bit complicated. I don't like that. You know, I and I find it weird that two brothers like the same girl and both brothers kind of get with the same girl. And I find that really weird. Um That's life. Uh, yeah, that's life, definitely. And you know, it's at the beach and so it's summer. It's kind of nice to be out in the summer. And uh is it good? Yeah. If you like these kind of stories, it is good. If you like the music, yeah, it's great. Cool. It's great because, you know, Taylor Swift and, and, and a romantic drama series, I think, is the best thing ever. Cool. Yeah. The boys are way too pretty, though. They're very attractive. Well, maybe last year they weren't. Yeah. Well, it's a, they're all very attractive. Yeah. Not as attractive as that show that you made me watch. Um, the Outer Banks. Yeah, not that attractive. People though. love it. It's beloved. Is it? Do you think yeah. I should like watch more than 15 minutes? Well, all I'm telling you is it's beloved by people. I haven't seen it, but it's beloved. Mm. Okay. Okay. Baby, just say yes. So what else? Uh, I went to a concert. I went to see one. Okay, rocked. I talk, uh, rock. I talked about it uh, two weeks ago. Uh, wonderful. Incredible. So much fun. Uh, there was about 500 people. It was so good. Nice. Yeah, and it was, you know, they played all the new album, which did you manage to have a listen to it? Uh, No, I've only listened to Taylor Swift in the past. (laughs) (laughs) Just Taylor Swift. Well, if you want to watch The the Summer Turn Pretty, it's all Taylor Swift songs. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Um, But yeah, it was great. Of course, live, they're much better than on the album, and I really enjoyed it. Nice. But the next night, they play Milan, and they played, the last song they played was Wherever You Are. Oh, they didn't play it when you saw them. No. That's annoying. That's so annoying. Yeah. Uh, because that's the best song. They don't understand. If they'd have known that you were there and what it means to us as a group, they'd yeah. have played it. But... Yeah, I would have been like, wherever you are! But yeah, and... Um... Um, have you listened to the new Blur album? What? What? No. I didn't oh. know it was out. Yeah, yeah, it came out on Friday. Oh, well, you didn't text me. You need to text me these things. Well, I, ha- I haven't listened to it. Okay. But have you, have you listened to the single? No. Oh, well, maybe we should do my tube and listen to the single in a bit. Cause yes. Because it's, uh, it's pretty good. But enough about me. You've got <clears throat> the exciting stuff today. You've got the, like, I you're, you're like the, cult, you follow the cultural phenomenon this week. Yeah, I've you? done the meme this week. Yes. Mm. Uh, but let, before we get to that, I'll talk about some other stuff. Okay. Including having watched two episodes, or three episodes of... The sweet, sweet, sweet heroine that is season two of The Bear. What? Is it out? It's out here. <gasps> Baby! Came out on Wednesday. Are you crazy? Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me about it. <laughs> Don't talk to me about it. What are you talking about? Is it out? Oh, you know why? Why? They won't let me go in my Disney Plus anymore. Oh, no. That's why I, I lost it. Is it out? No, 16th of August in this country. Ah, it's, well, <laughs> that's what? annoying. Don't talk to me. Uh, I'm not listening. La, 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 la. Ridiculous. Stop it. <laughs> um, I've only seen three episodes so far, but all I'll say is it's 
exactly as good as series one. Okay. It's everything you want it to be. The music is still impeccable and brilliant and perfect. Mm. And um and yeah, it maybe would have benefited from being released weekly instead of all at once because like the third episode is so <sighs> the third episode is brilliant, but so different to the other episodes and it should have maybe been had its own room to breathe. Yeah. The, the bear benefits from having room to breathe because some of the episodes are so individual. Um, mm. So I don't know why they've released it all at once, but they have and it's great and it's brilliant and we'll talk about it more in the future, I'm sure. But yeah, yes. the bear season two is here. Yes, thank 16th you. 16th of August. This country sucks. You know Hoppenheimer's not coming out until August here? Really? Yeah. Wow. It's not out. They haven't set a release date yet in Japan, but that makes sense. But it's out everywhere else in the world, I think. Yeah, I think Japan, I don't know to do. I, I don't know. I don't know how, yeah. what they'll do about that because there are still cinephiles probably there that will want to see it, to see it. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, we'll talk about that more in a bit. Um, the other thing I want to say about The Bear as well is the re- one of the things that's so good about it that I realised when I was watching the new season is is it's so interesting and the, the way it's filmed is so unlike any other TV show. Like, a lot of TV shows are just like, put the camera here so that the actors are in shot and then let them do their scenes. Whereas the bear, like, there's this one scene in, like, episode two where two characters are talking to each other and it's all these extreme close-ups and uh, it's just the way they film it just feels so cinematic and theatrical and uh, I I adore it. That's that. Uh, Also, next week, I talked about the fact that I'd watched the first two episodes of a show on Amazon called Jury Duty. Yes. Um... I then spent the rest of the day after we finished recording watching the entire rest of the season. <laughs> uh, this is one of my favourite comedies in a very long time. Wow. Uh, anyone that can watch Joy Duty, I really recommend you go and check it out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Um, I explained the basic premise last week of it's it you're watching uh, a trial play out and watching the inner workings of the jury and how they kind of co exist together mm. um, during the three weeks of the trial. But the twist is that everyone is everyone involved from the up from the members of the jury to the judge to the lawyers to the to the defendants are all actors the whole thing is scripted with the exception of one man mm. who is under the impression that he is genuinely part of a trial and part of a jury um and the the reason the show works is um the man they found Ronald Gladden is just the sweetest most beautiful soul mm. that's ever existed and he's so they throw these people. They throw these actors at him that are playing these characters that are just so off the wall bizarre, and he views all of them with humanity and respect and trust. And it's just it, as well as really funny. It's a really heartwarming sh- series to see, sort of what the world could be like if everyone was a little bit more like Ronald Gladden and a bit less mm-hmm. like, like the rest of us. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's it, and it's also so funny. Like James Marsden is in it playing himself and doing a really like vain Hollywood version of himself um, reading a script during the jury trials and stuff and practising lines and pretending to go into character and do method acting and stuff just generally behaving like a diva and it's just so funny and yeah um, and on and I've even like this is how much I like it on Amazon as well as an extra they've they've done cast commentaries for the whole season so I've mm. been re-watching all the episodes with like the cast talking over it and Ronald is on those commentaries talking about his experiences and what he was thinking when he thought all this stuff was real and giving some insight into <laughs> that and um, it's it's so wonderful and good and 
um, mm. we're lucky to have it. So I recommend people watch Joy Duty. It's 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 nice. it's, it's fantastic. Um, I've also listened a lot this week to uh, the re-release of Speak Now, Taylor Swift's yes. third album. Have you been listening to that? Uh, I listen. I listened to it uh, last week. Last week, or, yeah. It's really good. It's so I good. really, really like it, and the fact that she records, she wrote all the songs herself um, to prove that she could. Yeah, uh, it's pretty impressive because, like, it's not as much in the wheelhouse of what I enjoy as the others. Immediately, it's a bit more country tinged, and I'm a bit less into sort of country music. But um, after a few listens, the the individual songs start jumping out, and mm. um, you learn to kind of. Uh, anticipate the twists and turns that the album takes and it's yeah uh, it's great i really like it so i'd recommend people go and listen to that um da, 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 da. i'll just talk about one more movie before we get to the big ones there's a film that just came out on netflix called they cloned tyrone have you heard of this oh yeah i really wanted to watch it yeah so they cloned tyrone is a movie um it actually really reminded me while i was watching it of boots riley's um uh What's it called? Sorry, Sorry to, to bother, bother you. you. Sorry to bother yeah. you. Um, it's directed by uh, Jewel Taylor and screenplays by Jewel Taylor and Tony Rettenmayer. And um, it stars Jamie Foxx as a pimp called Slick Charles, John Boyega as a drug dealer called Fontaine, and Tiana Paris as a, a sex worker uh, called Yo-Yo. Three characters that could be considered quite cliche stereotypical um uh representations of 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 black people in america but the movie reveals itself pretty quickly to that's sort of the point of the film is exploring that and why that might be and um diving down a extreme rabbit hole of conspiracy theories regarding uh why why these people exist and why they are the way they are why they behave the way they do and I don't want to really, it's a tough, it's a bit like a um, monster that you were talking about. Mm. I don't really want to say much more about the plot beyond the title. They cloned Tyrone has its own implications mm. that you can draw from. But beyond that, the, 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 the twists and turns of the story are the reason to watch the film, along with the fantastic, like Tiana Paris, is, we're going to see her in the Marvels um, as mm. Monica Rambeau pretty soon. She's so different in this to how she is in those in the mm. Marvel movies you might have seen her in, but she's really, really good in it. Uh, John Boyega plays a very stoic, stern, serious character, uh, which he does pretty well. But then the standout is Jamie Foxx as um, <laughs> Slick Charles, who is just sort of embodying all of black exploitation cinema within, wow. <laughs> within one character. Um, and over the course of the movie, yeah, he's he's really good in this. And Jamie Foxx has had in recent months, uh, he's had a really yeah. severe health scare mm. that it's not really been clear and it's none of our business what it is, why, what, what's been wrong, but it seems like he's, he's on the recovery, which is wonderful to hear. Cause he is, he's one of those actors that I would never think to name as one of my favorite actors, but he, he, he does turn up in stuff and put in such good performances. And yeah. What I, what's so good about him is that he will meet the tone and theme and atmosphere of any movie he's given. Like in this film, he is so outrageous and ridiculous, <laughs> but in, you know, in a, a movie like say, um, collateral, uh, he's in is he in Collateral? He's in Collateral, isn't he? The Tom Cruise movie. That's Jamie Foxx. Oh, I have not, not seen Collateral. Ah, oh, Collateral's a very good film. Um, da, 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 da. Is it Jamie Foxx? Yeah, yeah, it's Jamie Foxx. Collateral's a much more grounded movie, and he plays a much more grounded like character. And yeah, he's he's a he's a real chameleon of an actor, Jamie Foxx. 
And yeah, I, I really enjoyed Day Clone Tyrone. I don't want to say too much more about it without spoiling it, but um, I'd recommend people go and check it out on Netflix. Yeah. Um, it's pretty widely available as a result of being on there. Um, and then, of course, the big two is the big weekend. Ooh. Everyone's been anticipating it all year. Yeah. Um, Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. Oppen RB. Whatever you want to, <laughs> however you want to dis- um, mash these two very disparate and different things together uh, into into one Leviathan. Uh, so, Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan's. Um, biopic of the life of uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer, the mm. man who is credited as the father of the atomic bomb. Thank you. And, yeah, cheers for that, <laughs> cheers. Robert. And um, Barbie, Greta Gerwig's ad- adaptation of the famous toy um, mm. were both released in July 21st, broadly worldwide, not everywhere, we've learned. Nope. But um, in, in a lot of... in, in I guess, yeah, a lot of places, uh, resulting in, on July 21st, the same day, resulting in uh, the internet deciding that that day was to be christened Barbenheimer. And um, I think both movie studios will be pleased with the results of the unexpected marketing boost that that gave it, because I think Barbie just had the best opening day gross in America in, of, of all of 2023. Mm. Um, but Oppenheimer has had the best our opening day for an R-rated movie since the pandemic began. So they're both wow. they're both films are outperforming expectations despite being released in competition with each other. Mm. Um, but they they represent such different markets that it's fine. But of course, being a being a lunatic, I did both on the same day. Yeah, in the same cinema, pretty close together. And the big choice is what do you watch first? Well, Oppenheimer, of course. But then, but then the meme is is Barbenheimer. So the meme would imply. That you should yeah, watch but you should Barbie watch something. Yeah, but and then Oppenheimer. Which one did you do? And the potential is that Oppenheimer could be so devastating to your psyche that Barbie will wash over you and make no mm. impact due to the due to the depression you've sunken into. Okay. Um, at the uh, but I decided no, it, it's pretty. I I I was like I can't watch Barbie and then watch Oppenheimer. It'll oh. be too <laughs> much of a so terrible. Down. So I did what I've what a friend told me is not Barbenheimer, but in fact Oppenarby, yeah. which I've not seen references often <laughs> online as a as a name for it. Uh, I watched Oppenheimer uh, on a lovely big IMAX screen, mm. um, but not a seventy millimeter IMAX screen. There's a whole rabbit hole you can fall down about the different screens you could watch Oppenheimer on, but uh, in my experience, there is there are only like three seventy millimeter IMAX projectors in the UK. One of them is in the Printworks in Manchester, which is accessible to me, although all screenings for the entire weekend were sold out when I went to look, yeah. um, representing how well this movie is going to do, I think. Um, more often than not, when I've gone to see a movie on that IMAX uh, with that projector that's actually projecting film rather than a, di- a digital file, um, it's broken down at some point during the movie and you've missed the last the ending of the movie. So I don't really think it's worth the risk with a three-hour film to suddenly be yeah. kicked out with 40 minutes to go, which I have seen reports has happened, but not, not necessarily the Manchester one, but I did see a tweet uh, of somebody who said that their IMAX broke with 40 minutes to go, which would be really annoying. <laughs> um, and it happened to me when I went to see Tron Legacy on the IMAX mm. in Manchester Printworks, and it happened to me when I went to see Prometheus... Um, 
and I guess and I've never actually as a result I've never seen the end of Tron Legacy because that movie is terrible and I, like, <laughs> I, I don't need to see the end of this absolute garbage um, so yeah I don't know what happens at the end of that film Anyway, I went to see it on a on a digital IMAX screen, um, like a like a fool, I suppose. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've had a weird journey with Oppenheimer because I want to make it clear up front that it is a bad thing that they did that. I obviously think that the creation of the atomic bomb is is awful. What it was used for as soon as it was made was horrific and just about one of the worst things that humanity has ever done to um fellow humans and um yep. it's a pretty bleak it's a pretty bleak part of our history um but it's also a pretty essential part of our history because it is inarguable that it changed the landscape of the world yep. forever in, in physical ways but also in psychological and political ways yep. uh, and changed changed the face of um you know international politics Mm-hmm. from that day to, to today and into the future is not what it would have been had that not happened. So like, it's a, yeah. it's a big important part of history. And this man, J. Robert Oppenheimer, along with the input of untold numbers of other scientists and, and people created this thing. And it's a, it's a story that is worth hearing, I think. Um, but also, you know, my initial reaction to hearing that Christopher Nolan was making this movie was like, ah, oh, don't want to watch that. No, but it's Christopher Nolan. This guy has made some of the greatest films ever to hit cinema. He makes movies that like are worth seeing in a cinema mm. on as big a screen as possible. You know, Memento. Yeah. Do a little run through Alex. Do a little run through. What do you think yes. of Memento? Have you seen Memento? Yes. What do you think of Memento? Incredible film. Yeah, incredible film, right? Pretty yeah. pretty astonishing. Yeah. Uh, the only movie he'd made before Memento is a film called Following, which I haven't seen, and I'm guessing you haven't seen? No, it's no. going to be at the cinema here soon. Oh, really? Mm. Following is? Oh, interesting. Yeah. They've just done like a Blu-ray release of it. Yeah, um, so they're, 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 they're putting out the cinema out of the cinema, well, in, in the little... English cinema I would watch. Mm, interesting. It would be yeah. worth watching. It's only an hour and ten minutes long. It's barely mm. a, a film, really. Anyway, Memento is great. Have you seen Insomnia? No, I haven't. Uh, Al Pacino and Robin Williams. It's great. It's mm. a it's a good film. Batman Begins. Yeah. Pretty good, right? Yeah. The Prestige. No. Uh, with uh, Hugh Jackman and Chris, Christian Bale as competing magicians and David Bowie turns up as haven't Tesla. Watched it. Oh, watched great it. film. The Dark Knight. Of course. Inception? I haven't watched Inception. It's a good film, but it's a bit confusing. The Dark yeah. Knight Rises? Yeah. Interstellar? No. Dunkirk? Yes. What did you think of Dunkirk? I like Dunkirk. Yeah, it's a good film. Well, liked. Uh, I, I, I watched Dunkirk. It was, <laughs> it was good. It was, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's probably similar to Oppenheimer. It's, it's a hard one to be like. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Tenet, did you see Tenet? No. Tenet's probably his least liked movie, but I, I really liked Tenet. Mm. It's, his, it's his gonzo take on a Bond movie with time travel. Um, so that as a, as a filmography, that's pretty impressive. He's yeah. not He's not made a genuinely bad film ever. Mm. He's made movies that maybe some people don't like because they don't work yeah. for them, but like, I don't think you can look at a single movie of his and say it's, it's, it's bad. Uh, yeah. Although... Uh, some people might say Tenet, but I don't know. I, I go to bat for Tenet. I like it. So now we come to Oppenheimer. Three hours long, filmed entirely on massive IMAX cameras. No CGI. Mm. Everything you see in the movie is created practically um, as he's as he's want to do. Um, he's, he was given a pretty huge budget 
um, hundred million dollars, which you know for a superhero movie isn't very much. For a historical drama about the life of Oppenheimer, it's quite a lot of money. Mm. Um, and he used every penny of it. You can see it on screen. It's hard to really. So the movie, the movie. It's easy to think of the movie as being, oh, it's going to be the story of the atomic bomb and mm. how it was created. But it isn't. It's the story of the life of of, of Robert Oppenheimer, which is mm. more interesting than I realised. He did obviously do this one thing where he was involved in the Manhattan Project at Los, Los Alamos and he did the Trinity test and helped to, to develop the bomb. Mm. But once that had happened, that so many more things happened to him throughout his life that the movie investigates. There was a whole... You know, he started to try to um, take control of America's uh, nuclear policy following the creation of the bombs. He had helped to make it. And, you know, he he apparently very famously told President Truman, this is depicted in the movie, that he felt like he had blood on his hands um, after the bomb was obviously used in Japan. Well, um, of course he did. Yeah, and the, the, the president basically said, uh, basically didn't give him any time for that and was like, no, you don't, shut up, get out of here. Like he was he was given pretty short shrift by the president mm. uh, who was sort of like, they don't care that you made it, they care that I dropped it. it, it but it, of course you would feel like that. And there's some, like the movie, um, the movie doesn't spend too long focused on those events, but it mm. does really, the, the time it does spend on those events is really harrowing and um, the way that Nolan depicts the impact of knowing that that has happened and that he is partly the cause of it on him and on the world is really quite devastating and impressive. Mm. And like in terms of the cinema that you're watching and the filmmaking techniques on display, he's using everything he can to really like impactfully make you feel mm. what's happened there. And it's, it's impressive. Um, so yeah, uh, it, 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 it's, <laughs> It's a good film. Okay. Um it's it's a really it's a really good film. It's got um one of the best performances I've seen in a movie from Killian Murphy um mm. playing Oppenheimer uh from from a young the young days as a student all the way up to to later life and um with minimal makeup effects he portrays all these different stages of of Oppenheimer's life and he has to do it really well because the movie in Christopher Nolan's style does not tell of the 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 events that happened in his life in chronological orders it will cut back and forth between various mm. different points in his life it will cut back and forth between scenes in color and scenes in black and white and broadly the scenes in color are scenes that you're seeing from the perspective of Oppenheimer and the black and white scenes you're seeing from the perspective of other characters um okay like an objective versus subjective uh, uh, mm. thing that nolan's trying to do um but the rest of the cast emmy uh, emily blunt and um florence Pugh as the main women uh in oppenheimer's life uh, kitty oppenheimer his wife played by emily blunt and uh gene tatlock played by florence Pugh as a, a psychologist and communist that uh he was involved with um, their roles aren't as big as maybe you'd like them to be considering the, the power and talent of those two actors but they do make a big impact on the life of, of this character and yeah. the scenes that they have are pretty impressive and there's one scene there's one scene in particular that Emily Blunt could easily get a Best Supporting Actress nomination for just for her portrayal in this one particular mm. scene uh, that she's so good in um, you've also got then Robert Downey Jr. as a character called Louis Straws who's um sort of American, he was the head of the uh, Atomic Energy Commission and um, kind of came to head, kind of was a supporter and also 
antagonist in Oppenheimer's life throughout his life and is pretty yeah you know I Downey Jr's got a pretty big role in this movie and it's pretty great to see him acting again and playing a character and not yeah. just you know being Tony Stark and getting off quips like he, he is a real mm. uh guy in this movie it's pretty brilliant um and you've he got looks also old in this movie. Yeah, he does. He does look old in the really movie. Old. Again, there are scenes taking place at various points in time, and a lot of the scene, the stuff you'll have seen in the trailer, is him um, a little bit earlier in in the timeline, but or later in the timeline. Sorry, but very good. But then also you've got like Josh Hartnett is in this movie. Yeah, he's. Oh, I can't believe he's back. I know. Well, we'll talk about him more yeah. in, in a in a couple of weeks, but um. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's very good in this, and I didn't realize until the end that it was Josh Hartnett. But he's brilliant in it as a fellow scientist, Casey Affleck. Um, not a very nice. I don't like Casey Affleck, and he's got he's been accused of some things I think over the years. But I don't know. He's in this in quite a small role, and he's fairly good. Uh, Rami Malek turns up in this. Kenneth yeah. Branagh's in this. Benny Safdie's in this. Jason Clark, Tom Conti. Uh, David Dasmalkian, Dane DeHaan, Alden Ehrenreich. Like, this movie is... It gives Asteroid City a run for its money in, like, the number of people mm. you are seeing on screen is wild. Um, and all of them all of them put in amazing performances. Gary Oldman turns up in a really important oh. role. Uh, Macon Blair, James Urbaniak. Like, there, there are tiny characters that have, like, a line, and I recognise... And, like, they're people you'll recognise. It's, it's pretty impressive. Um... And yeah, the, the, I've seen some reviews saying it's not a very good use of the IMAX because it's obviously it's a historical drama, but there are these, you know, when he's explaining to people and talking to people about how uh, atomic energy works and how nuclear actions work and stuff, the film will suddenly cut to like flashes of light and, and things happening and stars changing and mm. the screen is filled with these incredible images that he's created. Again, not using CGI, supposedly somehow creating them in camera and it looks amazing. And then, of course, the centrepiece sequence of the movie is the Trinity test in um, Los Alamos where they uh, mm. tested uh, the power of the, of the weapon that they were making and it is a from beginning to end and an in a, an incredible and intense sequence and the mm. the the scenes that take place immediately after that where Rob, where Oppenheimer sort of considers what he has done um he famously said now I am become death destroyer of worlds quoting yeah. from um something I'm embarrassed a bit too late wasn't it uh yeah should have um, <laughs> should have thought about it before uh yeah he should have done the movie's pretty the movie sort of is isn't defending him and what he did or what what everyone did but it sort of it certainly kind of demonstrates how these events were going to happen whatever he did or anyone else did kind of thing it's a very like Mm. history is just moving and these things are going to be created and are going to happen and it's just for us to have to try to pick up the pieces afterwards, which is not ideal. But I guess so. I guess so. But if if these kind of scientists had a little bit less, like I know you want to, there there's also decisions that you can make. You know that you're not gonna work with the government to make a bomb. You know you could just say you know. Yeah, but when the project started, they were in the midst of. It's hard to know what the mindset would have been like. Like Oppenheimer was a Jewish man and he was watching the Nazis 
Yeah. You know, doing incredible, incredibly yeah. awful. Some again, some of the worst things that have ever been done, and that's going to psychologically devastate yeah. people around it trying to react to those events. By the time the bomb was was a working prototype, the Nazis were all but defeated and. Oppenheimer yeah, yeah, the, that, the war was nearly over. But by that point, the work had been done to make it, and it, it's out of his hands. What it's it's it is it's a complicated it's awful. film. Awful. Yeah, it is awful. Um, and it's an up. I you know I cried during the movie. It's 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 yeah. But as a film, as a as a as a as a piece of art that's been created to tell this story, I mean, I don't think that anyone could have told the story better. Dan Nolan has done here and it is you know mm. it kept me uh, engaged for the entire three hour runtime and um yeah it's 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 pretty amazing hmm. Barbie Barbie so all of that happened I walked out of the film feeling pretty pretty destroyed and um I had about an hour to wait and then I went to watch uh Barbie which is um a very different film <laughs> uh directed by Greta Gerwig, written by Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, her partner, mm. um, based on Barbie. Yeah. Which, I, it's a doll um, that's been quite well known since about the 60s, I think. Yeah. Uh, that's made by Mattel. Um, this film stars um, Margot Robbie. As, Everyone uh, again. <laughs> as, yeah. Well, Margot Robbie's in it as Barbie. Yeah. Uh, Kate McKinnon turns up in it playing Barbie. Uh, Issa Rae is in there as Barbie. <laughs> Harry Neff is in it as Barbie as well. Alexandra Ship uh, turns up as Barbie. Emma Mackey is Barbie. Sharon Rooney is Barbie. Um, you have Jewel Lupia in there as Barbie. Uh, Nicola Coughlin from Dairy Girls turns up as Barbie. Uh, Ritu Aria, who I saw recently in Polite Society, is in it as Barbie as well. And um, they're all pretty good. In it. Mm. Um, you also got Ryan Gosling uh, plays Ken. Yeah. Um, along with uh, a few other actors, uh, Kingsley Benadir is in it playing mm. Ken. Um, Simu Liu plays Ken. Scott Evans is Ken. Uh, Nkuti Gatwa, the new Doctor Who uh, from Sex Education, is Ken. So you've got two sex education actors, Emma Mackey and Nkuti Gatwa. Yeah. Rob, well, I don't want to spoil any. Actually, no, there's some there's some fun cameos I won't spoil. But yeah, there's a few more Kens in there. Okay. Uh, Michael Cera is Alan. Ken's friend. Okay. Ken's friend, Alan. Um, and then you've got some humans. Um, America Ferreira, who you will know as... Um, Ugly Betty, mm-hmm. and she's in Superstore as well. Uh, is uh, is Gloria, Ariana Greenblatt, who I recently was seeing in like sixty five that terrible Adam Driver dinosaur movie. Um, I am. She's playing uh, Gloria's daughter Sasha in this, and is really good in it. It's good, yeah, really good. Helen Mirren is the narrator. Will Ferrell is the CEO of Mattel. He's very funny in this film, mm. uh, and Connor Swindells who plays um, Adam in Sex Education, is mm. also in this as a human ah. character called Aaron, Aaron Dinkins. Wow. And he's very, very funny in it and very... Um, not He's not playing a character like he does in Sex Education. He's playing a very mm. different type of character. He's very good. Jamie Dimitri is in it as well. Um, so the movie is, as has been shown in, in the various trailers, etc., uh, we the movie opens in Barbie Land. Helen Mirren uh, briefly tells us over the narration that you know the great thing about Barbie is that Barbie as a doll showed girls that it's possible to be anything you want to be in life. You can be a doctor, an astronaut, a, 
a mm. journalist, a Nobel Prize winner, whatever you want to do, you can do it and you can achieve it. And so all the Barbies in Barbie land are living there very, very happily, knowing that they have they have solved feminism and fixed everything for women in the real world and everything is perfect over mm. in the real world for women. Um, and we then go to Barbie land where we meet Margot Robbie, who plays Barbie, uh, and we see that she has the best day every day with all her friends who are all also Barbie, uh, and including uh, hanging out at the beach with Ken and having dance parties, and then every night is girls' night, which upsets nice. which Ken doesn't like that very much. But yeah, so uh, she's having a perfect life, but then all of a sudden, she has irrepressible thoughts of death, and her feet touch the floor mm. fully. And um, she gets sent off to Weird Barbie, played by Kate McKinnon, to discover what's happening to her. And Weird Barbie is a Barbie that's been playing with too hard and is always doing the splits, which is quite good. Yeah, um, she probably has got her hair cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah, a, yeah there's, it's pretty, yeah. Um, and she discovers that the girl who's playing with her in the real world must be feeling sad for some reason, which is unthinkable to Barbie, uh, resulting in her having these changes. So she sets off on a mission to go to the real world and um, find out what's going on. Uh, straight away, there's something there that's like, like the fact that this movie is, you know, made by women, for women, and if men watch it and enjoy it, that's like, you know, good, but isn't the primary purpose of it. In the way that so many movies are made by men, for men, and women end up being made to watch them. And if they enjoy them, it's great, but it's not... Do you, do you see what I mean? Um, and a movie written by men and traditional movie of this nature would have like a really complex little plot thing of like you can do this to open up a portal to the real world and then you know you have to close the portal and there's all these things and there's a load of plot stuff around the portal mm. whereas in this movie because it's more concerned with stuff like character and motivation and um you know telling it's telling the story of these characters rather than the events that the characters are going through it's just like yeah you just do this to go to the real world you, you ride a snowmobile and then a camper van and then a bicycle and some rollerblades and then you're in the real world it's fine and it's less worried about the uh mechanics of how things mm. work and more interested in how the things that are happening make the characters feel which is great and something that you don't see often enough in movies and i i, I like that um and yeah, so so Barbie with Ken ends up going to the real world where Barbie um, discovers that maybe Barbies didn't solve feminism forever, <laughs> uh, especially when she goes to what she thinks is going to be uh, a centre of female empowerment, which is a construction site at lunchtime, and instead discovers uh, a load of men staring at her. Um, yeah. And uh, Ken, on the other hand, finds out about the patriarchy and ends up with his own thoughts and feelings about, about that. Uh, and yeah, I won't spoil any more of the plot, but that's sort of stuff from the trailer. Um, it's, it's pretty, when, when, when it started coming out and all the, all the reviews and the first impressions started coming out from the Cannes Film Festival and, um, people were saying, I don't know how they did it. How have they gotten away with it? Et cetera, et cetera. There is definitely stuff in the movie that's like, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive that Mattel agreed to let them make this film with these specific mm. gags and jokes in and stuff. And like, there's a joke that references, do you remember promising young woman had yeah. a, there was somebody reviewed it and was like, you know, uh, Margot Robbie would be better note to the filmmakers. Margot Robbie would have been a better casting choice for this um if yeah. you want something some awful misogynistic thing the movie has like a direct reference to that thing like it, it's a children's movie but it's so 
much more than that. It has mm. so many like little touches and things mm. in it that 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 point towards uh, things that adults can enjoy. Uh, and mm. there's definitely lots of there's definitely a few jokes in it that are going to result in some awkward questions being asked by children mm. uh, to their parents. Um, but it is definitely it. To- I think it toes the line really well between being for children and being for everyone. And um, yeah, and, and enjoyable. It's it's surprisingly. I really, really loved it. And I was expecting to like it, but it was mm. everything you hoped it would be in terms of, like, I was laughing all the way through the film. The performances mm. are amazing. Like, Ryan Gosling, people were saying, oh, you should get Oscar nominated. And, like, in the way that Melissa McCarthy received an Oscar nomination for Bridesmaid years ago, in terms of, like, just doing an absolutely flawless comedic performance. Yeah. Ryan Gosling is astonishing in the movie yeah. every second he's on screen mm. he is saying or doing something funny like when he discovers what it means to be a man he spends most of the rest of the movie wearing a mink coat that uh, Sylvester Stallone famously wore in a photograph <laughs> uh it's just it's very very good but Margot Robbie isn't the comic relief character so she's not being as funny in it all the time and stuff but she is giving a, a really nuanced interesting amazing performance as Barbie and it's incredible that they have managed to take this doll with everything that is good and bad about that doll and what mm. that doll can represent in both positive and negative lights towards towards young girls and and have crafted a character that that encompasses all of that and has to react to all of that as it is learned throughout the movie mm. and the way that my, nobody else nobody else could have done that role as well as Margot Robbie does. She's incredible in it because she's committed fully to making the best possible version of this doll movie that can yeah. be made. And it's it's a testament to allowing filmmakers and actors and everyone involved to just do mm. what they know is going to make the best film. And they have made the best film. It's it's really fantastic. And again, it is doing incredibly well. Um and so often movies that skew uh, feminine and skew towards female markets tend can often sometimes come out and they don't do so well. Yeah. Uh, for this movie to have come out and seemingly be ever so successful and so immediately beloved and you know other than by a few hateful idiots. Yeah. Um, is is wonderful and I'm really really pleased that it's been so successful so quickly and um. It's it's a testament to the work that everyone is doing behind the scenes. I think uh, so. Well done to the Barbie movie. Yeah. It's phenomenal, and you know, as a result, one of the best days at the cinema I've had ever. Like I got wow. to see two pretty much masterpieces mm. in one day, um, and uh, it was a it was an emotional roller coaster. But, <laughs> Uh, Are you glad that you did uh, Oppenheimer before Barbie? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that was the way to do it. Oppenheimer and then Barbie. Um, and yeah, Oppenheimer is so so. It's Oppenheimer is so good and so. I'm so surprised that I like a movie about something that I really didn't want to like a movie about. But he really does treat that whole thing with mm. the right level of nuance and um, uh, respect. Uh, mm. In in my view, from watching having watched it once, uh, and it's also a really fascinating story. Like the stuff that happens after the war mm. to Oppenheimer, 
the way he was pilloried for having communist leanings and being, you know, he's quite left wing. He tried to start a union for lecturers in his, like he was, he, he, he had so many things about him that made him a good man, but he's a monster. It's, yeah. it's a really fascinating character study. I, yeah, I, I love it. And then Barbie is just, I, oh God, I loved it. I think I maybe liked Barbie more, which, hmm. yeah, yeah. Amazing nice. movies. Well, if, well, I'm sure you'll we'll watch at least Barbie, and we can talk more in the future. Uh, I, I hopefully I can go and see it next week. Because I was going to go and see it. Actually, it, they put it at the cinema, this English cinema, yesterday, but it was sold out. So oh, no. I'm sorry. I could have yeah, watched up, it. Yeah, Oppenheimer was crazy. Oppenheimer is doing very well in England. Um, yeah. The the screenings for that are like so because I'm I'm <laughs> I'm seeing it again today. Uh, wow. due to um, I wanted to watch it but I, I agreed to go and see it with a friend but they couldn't do it until this evening but I wanted to watch it before to now mm-hmm. so that we could talk about it um, and yeah like it was pretty close like I <laughs> because of the way my unlimited card works at the cinema I can't book a film until I've seen it if that makes I can't book a film twice so I, I had to wait until I'd seen Oppenheim yesterday to book today's showing oh, and wow. it was almost it was almost sold out yesterday afternoon when I was booking for this evening um mm. it's crazy uh, but the Barbie movie was full as well and there were so many girls young girls in it who were enjoying it so much and laughing and having, mm. and you could tell at the end of the movie how much they'd enjoyed it um and they were all t- I, everyone was talking about it on the way out and there were loads of you know children really excitedly discussing their favorite parts it and you know We've had twenty years or ten years of Marvel movies, which girls can enjoy Marvel movies. But like, you know, if you're gonna decide, if you're gonna say whether Spider Man or Iron Man is for boys or for girls, it comes down on the side of boys. Even though girls should and can and will enjoy it, and I, I, yeah, but like to have a movie that comes down on the side of being for girls that boys can and will and should enjoy if they yeah. want to, um, and have them, you know, give something to to that sort of market uh that is good and can be successful and enjoyed is um is i think a brilliant thing and if ben shapiro and piers morgan and people don't like it then you know that's all the better in my opinion yeah yeah excellent 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 so we do a bit of my tube So what I've got for you here is the lead single from the new Blur album, The Ballad of Darren. Oh. Uh, the song is called The Narcissist. There isn't a music video for it. There's like a visualizer, but it's just the same image spinning around really. So okay. I found them performing it live on BBC Radio 2. So hopefully nice. that'll be good. Uh, before we watch it, uh, you haven't heard this song before, have you? No. No. So all I'll say is uh, you can see here actually a quote on the YouTube video from Simon Cole 570 uh, this song is the ultimate grower. Was underwhelmed the first time I heard it, and has just gradually got better and better. Absolutely love it okay. now. And I will say that in my experience, that is also accurate. So uh, 
Okay. The I have to listen to it more times. Yeah. So um yeah, let's see what you think on on first listen. But hopefully you'll you'll I mean Blur are one of your favorite bands, right? So I'm sure yeah. you'll give it more of a go. Ready? Yeah. Oh, hi guys. <laughs> Just so weird seeing them grow up, you know. Now they're like <laughs> middle-aged men. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, you know, you know when they're just grown up now. Yeah, especially as they just come back every like ten years now. So it's yeah, you see these big jumps and. Because the the bassist is Alex Jones, isn't he? Yes, the cheese man. Yeah, and I used to like fancy him so much. He was like the ultimate kind of like long and skinny and uh, <laughs> and now he's just like oh, it looks like <laughs> looks like a dad. Yeah, it looks like a dad, <laughs> which is fine. It's fine. It's aged well, but it does look like a dad. I wonder if he still smokes as much as he used to. Damon Alburn looks a little bit. Yeah. He's still got the glasses. Yeah. What's your like uh, what do you think of the song? I like it. It's very mellow, isn't it? It's very nice. Yeah. But... I think Damon Alburn should put the microphone up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess he knows where he wants it. I like it. It's a good. It's a. They've aged well. Mm. The music has aged well. Yeah, they're not doing girls who like boys who like girls yeah. who anymore. But it's uh, it's a good like maturity. I know so. not to compare them to Weezer, but sometimes I listen to Weezer and I look at them and I'm like their music don't don't doesn't match their age <laughs> and how they look anymore. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's but a fair. But this does match Blur's age, you know. Yeah, that's very so. true. Look at him. Oh, he's so sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and they'll have like these dad bods as well. Yeah. Uh, but they all have kept, apart from the drummer, they all have kept like a good head of hair. <laughs> yeah. The drummer looks older than the rest of them, but I don't know yeah, if that's just because Yeah, yeah, he's always been the odd one out, really. Yeah. The, yeah. So they're back with a new album, which I'm going to listen to. They have a new to. album. They did two nights at Wembley Stadium the other week, wow. uh, which went down very well. They had self-esteem supporting them and Sleaford Mods oh. and people. Would have been an amazing concert to go to, but, yeah. you know, I'm seeing Taylor Swift next year, <laughs> so it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish I was watching her with you. I'm sorry. Speeding up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember the first time I heard this song, I was a bit like, is that really? 
And I was because it was similar to the Magic Whip. I didn't really get into that album, the last one mm. they did. Um, but no, I, I kind of gave this song a few more listens, and it, it's really, really grown on me. And that chorus of um, "Shine a light in your eyes" just floats over me, and I love it. Um, now they're, they're losing it a little bit. They're going crazy on the guitars. Yeah, like. it's wild. Nice. Nice. There I we like go. It. Thank you very much. Blood. You're welcome, Damon. Next okay. one. Next Nan- up. Nandor Fodor and the Talking Mongoose. Nandor Fodor and the Talking Mongoose. There's so many O's in that. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a this is a movie starring Simon Pegg. Oh. Uh, coming out. I don't know. Soon. Uh, never. Yeah. Who knows? With the strike, apparently, loads of movies are going to start getting pushed back because the actors can't uh, promote them. Uh, okay. They could just do what A twenty four have done and agree to all the terms that the union have asked for. So A twenty four are just now continuing to make films because they've done the Wonderful. right thing and just given what the unions have asked for. Uh, yeah. But all the other bigger studios, as part of the AMPTP, haven't done that because they're selfish, greedy fools. Yeah. Uh, and that might mean that June part two is going to be pushed back to next year, which is <gasps> awful. Ah! Yeah. But if they need to do, well, no, they shouldn't. Yeah. No, no, just release the movie and give when it's meant to come out and give, you know, the unions what they want and pay people a fair amount yeah. and not respect workers. You, you awful cranes. Anyway. Yeah. This is Nando Fodor and the Talking Mongoose, based on a true story of a family who believed that they were haunted by a a, a talking mongoose called Jeff. Uh, This is a real real event in the history of cryptozoology and paranormal investigation. Uh, Fascinating. Yeah, uh, that has been been made into a movie here. I don't really know what to make of this. I'm not sure if this looks like a good film or not. I think it might be a bad film, Uh, but it's an interesting tale in in um in history so see what you think are you ready yes oh nando further and it took although it, this is this is going to push your um ability to accept accents okay i am not a skeptic or silly voices so we have some in peg farmhouse a talking mongoose lives in their barn creature's name is jeff is that Mini Driver? It is, and that's Christopher Lloyd. Wow. Yeah, an interesting cast. Okay. I haven't seen Mini Driver in a long time. No. She's great, though. Did you observe this creature? No. No. I did hear it. What, what kind of accent is uh, Simon Pegg trying to do? I don't know. Dutch, maybe? Okay. Or just a weird voice. Let me look at it. I see. So they're looking for the Mongols. Nando Fodor was a British and American man. He was born in Hungary. I, I don't know. So he's trying to make like a mixed accent. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Everybody on this island has their Jeff story. Tell me yours. You and I both know. Right now, Jeff. Is Christopher Lloyd English? No, Christopher is American. Okay. I thought so. But he's doing a British accent here. Yeah. I don't know. What is a mongoose, by the way? A mongoose? It's a sort of uh, rodent. Okay. These people are lying. I think he exists. I'm certain of it. 
show yourself. I mean you no harm. Please. Jeff! Just show me that you're real. I don't I don't know what to make of this trailer. <laughs> it's very weird. Like, why would you make a film about this? Hello? Ah, that's um from uh, Spaced. Yeah, Paul K. I think. Yes, Nando Fodor and the Talking Mongoose. I have, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, what do you it's, think of it? I don't really know. I, I like, I, I really like, um, you know, weird old stories of odd paranormal yeah. investigations, but it looks tonally, it looks like it's very quite low budget. Yeah. And maybe they've blown all their money on getting Simon Pegg and Minnie Driver and Christopher Lloyd in there. Okay. And maybe it'll be just a bit of a forgettable nothing. Which is, we can see on screen now, in Furtas September 1st, buy on digital September 19th. So it's less than three weeks in Furtas before. Yeah. Um, Coming out digitally. Um, So they're already, like, yeah, setting it, I think it's up. a, yeah. And Sam, when Simon Pegg stars in a movie that isn't directed by Edgar Wright, it, more often than not, it's... um. Not great, but it's interesting. We'll see. Anyway, I've got two other trailers. What, what are you for talking you. about? Mission Impossible. You love Mission Impossible. He's not the star of Mission Impossible. Ah, is he? okay. I mean, when he's the star, when he's the the on okay. the poster, the guy. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um. When was the last time that he was the star of his own film? All the time, but you've not seen any of the movies because they're they're bad and they go straight to like digital video. Oh, okay. And stuff. So yeah. Has, he, has he done something recently? Yeah, yeah. Let me uh, let me get his filmography up for you briefly, and I'll just read out a few titles and the years that they came out, and you'll be surprised. I think. So we've got. Um, da, 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 da. Uh. Inheritance in 2020. Um, Never heard of it. Nope. Uh, Lost Transmissions 2019. Nope. Uh, Slaughterhouse Rules 2018. What? Terminal 2018. Uh, Absolutely Anything 2015. Man Up 2015. That is actually quite good. That's just a fun... If you haven't seen Man Up, Alex, you'd like that. It's a romantic comedy that's very good. Okay. Um... Kill Me Three Times, 2014. Hector and the Search for Happiness, 2014. Um, A Fantastic Fear of Everything, 2012. So he does, he regularly does these sort of, these films that he stars in, and they, Burke and Hare, 2010. So every mm. every year, every couple of years, he'll, he'll, he'll star in a movie, and it just, they tend to not be great. Mm. He's better off with working with Nick Frost and Edgar Wright or being part of an of uh, uh, an ensemble like in the, the Mission Impossible movies. Okay. Or Star Trek movies. You know, he's he's good in those. Yeah. Anyway, I've got I've got another trailer to show you for something that looks a little bit better. So are you ready for yeah. the, for the holdovers? The holdovers. holdovers. Official trailer. Mm. You can see October twenty seven. Bug eyed Paul Giamatti there as the uh, mm. opening shot. Ready? Wow. Yes. So we know Paul Giamatti's in it. So is it a school? Oh, it looks very old school. It does. Set in a school. Boarding mm. school? Boarding school. Okay, it looks like an all-boys school. 
Students, faculty, and staff depart the campus for a two-week winter break. But there are always an unfortunate few who have nowhere to go for the holidays. <laughs> They're known as the So it's about a group <laughs> of people left over the holidays in a boarding school. It's a very 90s uh, trailer, like, with yeah, the or voiceover. Even... Definitely it is. I thought all the Nazis were hiding in Argentina. Stifle it, Tully. But I like Paul Giamatti. You just yeah. You yourself in detention, sir. He here with you is already one big detention. Son of a bitch, that's another detention. <laughs> Do you think I want to be babysitting you? No, I was praying your mother would pick up the phone or your father would arrive in a helicopter or a flying saucer to take you dead. Oh. You don't tell a boy that's been left behind at Christmas that nobody wants him? What's wrong with you? There's nobody here, okay? You stay out of my way, and I'll stay out of yours. Oh, she's in the idol, isn't she, the actress? Yes, uh, I was thinking about that, and I, I, I need to ask you a question after we finish watching this trailer. Uh, okay. I find the world so, yeah. a bitter and complicated place. So it, it must be like a rich school, and and some parents just don't want to take their kids home. Yeah, because rich parents sometimes don't care about their children. Yeah, but Paul Giamatti does care about the children. Well, maybe he'll discover that he does throughout the course of the film. Oh, but he's a teacher. He should care about the children. Well, yeah, but he's an, he's an old teacher, so. I'd like to propose a toast to my two unlikely companions. Are you trying to look down my shirt? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes. You're going to get me fired. This is your Rubicon. Do not cross the Rubicon. <laughs> the holdovers. Looks like fun. Yeah? Yeah. It looks like that's, fun, yeah. but also like it has some heart to it, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty, pretty interested to see it. Yes. What do you reckon? Before we watch the next trailer, go on. Did you manage to finish the idol? Because I, I just gave I gave up because I couldn't be bothered. I did I just finish the idol. I watched the last episode of the idol. And how was it? Awful. Because the last two episodes, because the last episode we talked about was when um, um, the the episode with the hairbrush. Yes. Yeah, so you watched Yeah, you watched two more. I just refu I just could I I, w I couldn't even watch it ironically. I was just like I can't be bothered. I don't care. Uh it's awful. Is it? Yeah, I'll tell you the twist because who cares? I don't care. Sk skip ahead if you're bizarre and care about the idol. Um she made that up about the hairbrush. Oh. Twist is she's the abuser the whole time. <laughs> what? Somehow, yeah, it's been her all along. She's the one who's abusing the weekend, not the other way around. Because women are evil, I guess. Um, and the weekend is just a poor little, poor little boy who doesn't understand that he's been dragged into her world and used. Uh, it's terrible. Wow. It's devastatingly awful. Um, I, I, it's I hated it, and it's just bad. Bad, bad, bad film. That actress, though, and I'm embarrassed that I don't know her name. Uh, I think she's good in The Idol. I think that, like, The Idol has actors in it that are trying their absolute best. Um, she's one of them. Rachel Sennett is another one. Um, yeah. Who, who do a good job. Divine Joy Randolph mm. is her name. Um, she's, uh, yeah, yeah. She's in The Holdovers. Hopefully she'll be good in that, and it'll be good for her career because so uh, The Idol is not. 
But was it was it like um, all women are bad? Was it kind of like because I saw some shots of when the the other director was directing it and it looked very different. You know, Lily um, Rose Depp actually had clothes on and it was all pink and there was merchandise and stuff. I'm sure it did look different. Yeah, um, uh, but yeah. it was it was it like poor weekend, or was it? Um, it's hard to really. It's not any of it's it it's it's none of that. It's nothing. Okay. It's just nothing. It's just absolutely nothing. It ends with her pulling him out on stage at a concert and telling announcing to the crowd that she loves him and they kiss. Uh, but it's just after she's revealed to him that she made it all up. Um, okay. It's 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 bad. Anyway. Mm. Let's move on from the idol and the official uh, Marvel. St- oh, the Marvels, the, f- the worst Marvel on earth. Because no, all women, they're only women, and women are not strong. Women are not superheroes, and women should stay in the kitchen and make men's sandwiches. Yes, no. This is <laughs> this is the first full full trailer after the teaser trailer for the Marvels oh. Captain Marvel two, featuring. Uh, uh, Brie Larson as uh, Carol Danvers. Uh, it's the name of the woman that plays Miss Marvel. I really like her and I can't remember her name and it's embarrassing. Her name is... Iman Vellani as Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan and Tiana Paris nice. as um, Monica Rambeau who I talked recently about uh, in, in, in they, they Clones Tyrone which she's very good in. Uh, this is this is the Marvels. You ready to watch the trailer? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. So we're in space. Ah, Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Yeah, wonderful. Nick Fury. Oh, by the way, hang on. What? Uh, people might be wondering why I haven't talked about having watched Secret Invasion, the Nick Fury Marvel show on Disney Plus ah, that's currently yes. airing. Uh, because it's boring and I don't like it very much, so I've only okay. watched two episodes of it. What a disappointment! Because Nick Fury show should be incredible. Yeah. Um, also has Olivia Coleman in it, Kingsley Benadire, who plays one of the Kens in Barbie and is amazing. Uh, great cast, brilliant cast, totally just boring, dull show. Very disappointing. Moving on. I'm excited. Mm, me too. Oh, Beastie Boys. I don't know who this lady is playing the villain, but she has real wide, crazy eyes and it's great. Yes. <laughs> she looks great. Got the Beastie Boys again, which is what we want. Yes. So every time they use their powers... They switch. Swap bodies, yeah. Okay. She's entangled our light-based powers. So we switch places whenever we okay. use them. Okay. You can absorb light. I can see it. And Kamala. Who's Kamala? Oh, Kamala. Light into physical matter, which I have never heard of. I could totally show No, it. Kamala, don't show it. She's gone. Can they all be in the same room together? Well, well, I guess they Captain. can, but then they'd be they'd keep, yeah, constantly swapping each other, and they have to defeat some evil lady who okay. I don't really know. She's targeting, every She's targeting all the planets, whatever that means. 
never choose to bring anybody into this. You are not the only thing standing between this and the universe. Oh, lots of cats. Sold. Oh, and they're gonna work together with their different powers and be a freaking wonderful. Ah, oh, I love that cut. <laughs> I can't. Can you? I got it. Oh, I'm excited. I I'm excited. I think it looks brilliant. I'm really. Yeah, uh, looks very good. I'm so hyped for that. Uh, yes. For that film. Um, especially Definitely. after it's been a weird year for Marvel. Secret Invasion, not great. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, I enjoyed it at the time, but in the weeks and months since, and especially with the revelations about Jonathan Majors and his personal life, tough to, yeah. Mm -hmm. Gods of Galaxy Volume 3, though, very good, and hopefully the Marvels yep. will be very good. Mm. Lovely stuff. Okay, so that brings us to the end, pretty much, of this Culture Catch-Up episode. Uh, yes. Would you like to recommend anything to anyone to watch? Uh, uh, the, uh, I would recommend to watch the new uh, Hirokazu Koreeda film, Monster. Of course. And um, I'm a Virgo on uh, Amazon Prime Video. And the summer I turned pretty good. If you like Taylor Swift and you like music that we like, George, you will enjoy that show. Good. So that's that's Monster and no. the summer I turned pretty <laughs> uh, for um. Alex. And I'm going to just, I'm going to take the most the the base route this week and say Oppenheimer and Barbie are my recommendations. Yeah. Go and do an Oppenheimer, Barbie and Barbenheimer, whatever you want to do. It'll be boss. Um, and yeah, that brings us to the end of episode one hundred and fourteen. And we have uh, uh, an interesting one of episodes coming up for you. We're taking broadly a bit of a break for the summer, uh, as we're going to actually see each other in real life, yeah. etc. Uh, so exciting. Um, so have less time to record. But what we are going to leave you with is a full mini series on the latest season of Black Mirror, season six. So we're going to give you episodes 115 through 119 of the podcast will be little mini episodes reviewing uh, each episode of um, of, uh, of Black Mirror season six. And they will come out one a week throughout the month of August into September. And we'll, we'll return to you with full episodes then talking about things like season two of The Bear uh, and stuff. So um, that will be really exciting. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, join us next week as we discuss Joan is Awful, the first episode of uh, yeah. The Bear Season 6. The Bear? Black Mirror. <laughs> the first episode of Black Mirror Season 6. Oh, something crazy has happened. I can't say The Black Mirror anymore. I have to say The Bear. It's like a, it's like an episode of Black Mirror. Wow. Mm. Every time you want to say Black Mirror, you say The Bear. Yeah. It, it's weird. It's very creepy yeah. and weird. Mm. Um, Definitely. So, join us next time for that. Uh, love yeah. you very much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Go and rate and review us and tell your friends about us and all that stuff. And we'll be back with you next week for Journey's Awful. Goodbye. Thank you. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.